0: Hi, everybody. My name is Sarah Lang, and I'm the founder of the Changemakers Playground, a place where we shine the light on ordinary people and organizations doing amazing things to help make the world a better place. When I'm not on the playground, you can find me working with nonprofits across the U.S. to raise more money, build better boards, brag about the great work they're doing, and planning for their future. Today, I'm interviewing Sarah Jenks, who's a massively passionate champion for women and our happiness. After years of struggling with weight loss, dieting, and her own body image, Sarah discovered that the root of her problem was the hard truth that she was unhappy. By creating more balance in her life and finding a more fulfilling lifestyle, primarily by putting herself first, Sarah has become one of the happiest people I know. Listen in to learn how Sarah's created more balance in her own life, achieved happiness, and how you can too, because later never comes and life never gets any easier.
1: Hi everyone. My name is Sarah Jenks Brightboard, and I live in Medfield, Massachusetts. I just moved here, and we bought a retreat center. And I host workshops and retreats and full moon circles around empowering women to really understand our own magic. And I have um, I've been in business for about eight years, and I have for most of that time been teaching women how to heal their emotional eating. And that has really segued into this spiritual, these spiritual practices for me, because what I saw was really the best way for women to heal their emotional eating is to develop a spiritual practice. And what that does is it really helps us uncover who we really are and gives us permission to be that person um, out in the open and because so often emotional eating is because we're just in so much pain by from hiding who we are and so now working with the body and, and our spirituality and our emotions um, to me it's like a full wonderful package and it's been it's been such a joy to bring it all to to women in person because i've been mostly online since 2009 so it's been so fun and i'm just so happy to be here with you guys and with you sarah so thank you for having me
2: Yeah. Well, thanks for playing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I have to say as somebody who's um, initially encountered you online and now have come to a couple of your events, it's so much juicier in person and (laughs) I I feel like one of the things you're really good at is cultivating connections, not just with you, but among the women. Mm, Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, the, The women who were at that retreat, we are still so connected through the Facebook group and really value those relationships um, and met some cool people at the Full Moon Circle. So um, I think the other piece of it is that you're building community, which is really cool. Mm, Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I mean, well, that's such a
1: big part of the journey and the healing is being together with other women in person, in circle. Yeah. Um, It's sort of how we're meant to learn and be supported. So it just feels so natural.
2: Mm -hmm. So how did you get into all this? Like what's the backstory? How did this start? Where did this business come from? Like what's your journey been like? That's such a great question.
1: Um, so I started really struggling with my body when I was probably around 10 years old, I was going through a normal, um, chubby phase as most 10 year old girls do, but because of the culture that we all live in, I thought that something was really wrong with me. And I started getting the messages that my life would be easier if I lost weight. So if I were thin and cute like the other girls, then I would have more friends and I would be put in the front row in dance class. And, um, you know, like the boy I liked would have a crush on me too. And I just thought that the magic to having this perfect life was gonna be looking a certain way, and but my issue was I could never diet. Like I could never go more than maybe like a few hours <laughs> on you know restricting my food. I would I would go and I would just start eating a ton of ice cream or um, eat an entire package of cookies. Like I was really not. I was I never I could never purge, but I was having like emotional binges from a pretty young age and. It was really painful because I thought everyone's makes dieting look so easy. And I thought, why is this thing that appears so easy? And it's the magic ticket to my perfect life and I can't do it. And I was so mad at myself and I just thought something was really wrong and broken in me. But, um, what I realized was that I had, I was, I was depriving myself of all of these ways that I could express myself that I I went to food for excitement and connection and pleasure. And this pattern really lasted until um I was in my early twenties. And I remember like I went on a juice cleanse and I ended up on the third day of my seven day juice cleanse, I went into the supply closet of my ad agency. I was working in advertising at the time. And I ate an entire bag of those stuffed chocolate promises, those like little squares. And I thought, oh my God, like this is just isn't gonna happen. You know, I've been dieting for 25 years or 15 years, and I guess I just, I'm just gonna be fat forever. (laughs) And I gave up. And what was amazing is that once I gave up on dieting, I had so much brain space because I wasn't thinking about it anymore. And I was like, oh, I'm so bored. I'm not doing anything I like. I hate my job. My relationship kind of sucks. I'm not doing anything for fun, I have no hobbies. And so I started going to dance class and taking voice lessons, and I joined a meditation group, and all of a sudden, I didn't need to binge anymore because I was happy, and I realized that it was all emotional, and so, so many of us have a relationship with food like alcoholics have with alcohol, except for like we have to eat, you know so it's really hard to manage. And so I started, I really did all the studying. I worked with a ton of teachers and I really understood emotional eating. And so I developed a program called Live More, Way Less, um, which has become one of the most popular emotional eating programs on the internet. And we've had thousands of women take it. You can still take it now as a self study program. And um, it is, it's been so great. But through that, what I saw was the real issue is that women weren't giving themselves permission to be real and to be themselves. And it wasn't until they developed a spiritual practice that they really could start to uncover who they were and had the strength to be that person in real life. And it's just been, it's been a crazy journey, you know, and it's been hard, you know, like, I don't know if you want to talk about the business side of things, but things didn't happen you know, just easily. I had to work my butt off, you know, for years. I still am. And, um, you know, so that's like, that's been a big part of the journey for me too, is learning how to manage all of that.
2: Yeah. yeah. Like there's so much I want to say in response to what you <laughs> said, cause it's so rich and deep. And I think like it is, you know, I think there's so many women who have very similar stories to you or different versions of your story. Um, I just think so many women out there are really faced with these issues and getting so many messages about who we're supposed to be in the world and how we're supposed to look and what's okay and what's not okay. And no. um, yeah, I think so many, and I think, you know, men get those messages too, but I think given that they're men, they have a little bit more freedom in terms of that. But, um, you know, like, so many women have eating issues, whether it's a full-blown disorder or not. Um, you know, they go through cycles of deprivation or overindulgence and, or they go between the two and yo-yo and um, try a bazillion different diets and, you know, just, and forcing themselves into these masks or roles that just are not who they are. And I just, yeah. it's so detrimental yeah. to us as human beings to run around pretending to be who we're not, you know, and, um, my cousin and I often talk about how we were raised to be nice girls yeah, and and the damage that that did to us in terms of our full embodied expression of ourselves. And, um, so we, we joke that we're now, we're learning how to be naughty. (laughs) Yeah. That's so important.
1: Yeah. We're just naughty with
2: our food, Right. right? Whatever
1: we're not expressing in our life, we express through eating.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what kind of difference do you want to make in the world through this amazing work that you're doing? Oh, that's such a great question. So, um,
1: I'm sorry, the sun is like pretty bright. Do I, is it? Okay. Um, so for me, what I see is that women, especially after they've had children really forget that they matter, that their own, beliefs and desires and time matters. Um, I hosted a workshop last night and we just started talking about doing a morning ritual. And we developed a morning ritual that, you know, one that was five minutes, one that was 15 minutes. And so many of the women said, I don't know how to find five minutes in my day. And that is so sad. And I can totally relate. You know, I get that the demands of being um a mother and you know some women having a side hustle and like three or four kids it's a lot but man we need to find 5 minutes if not an hour every day to ourselves in order to be functioning adults you know and and good mothers so for me it's it's first about women getting that they matter and um, and second, about how to go deeper and really understand who they are and using these like earth-based spiritual practices in order to do that. And for me, um, it's been so fun because I lived in San Francisco for six years and this sort of work was like sort of everywhere, you know. I like most people were in a full moon circle, <laughs> you know, of like <laughs> San Francisco. And here it's um in New England, it's not as common. And I'm so excited to be offering it to this specific community because I really feel like Massachusetts is such sacred land. Like this is where our country was founded. And um, there's such rich Native American spirituality like soaked up into the land here. And of course, so much pain that comes with that too. But um, we're really on fertile ground. And I know that once um, people you know, once like the masses start to really realize that, it's going to really shift how people um, just go about their daily lives. And I think there's so much healing and slowing down and getting grounded and connecting with the earth and the cycles, because this is one of the few places in the country where you really get four solid seasons. And I find for women that when we can turn into that creation cycle of the seasons, it's so powerful.
2: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Cool. Yeah. And I also think like, you know, you, you talk about how in California, everybody's in a full moon circle and um, and how that's not the case here in New England. And I, I kind of think back to some, one of the things you talked about at the retreat was like this just wholesale persecution of women with this ancient knowledge. And I can't help but think about the Salem witch trials and the no. impact that had on women's inherent wisdom in New England. And maybe that's why there's really not as much sort of, moon circle activity um in yeah. this area because i think that's that's still resonating i mean you know halloween everyone just went to salem right it's like yeah. you do a thing um so it's still i think in the drinking water here so i think it's i great. totally agree yeah and i think it's great that you brought your magic to new england and then just yes. you know just spreading it out so yeah i'm really i I mean, I know I said this a bazillion times on social media before you moved here, but I'm like, so glad you're here. Thanks, Sarah.
1: I'm so glad to be closer to you. It's so nice. Thanks. Um, So what inspires you? Oh, such a good question. What inspires me? Um, You know, I really love, sorry, Sounds so cliche, but I just love being in the woods. You know, like, I love, like, huge trees and walking through the trails and stumbling upon some, like, amazing little opening. There's, an our, on our property, uh, the people who live there before, like, set up little, like, angel offerings everywhere. And when I just sort of stumble upon those little sacred moments, I just get, like, so inspired. Um also, I do, I've done a lot of work in this lineage called the 13 Moon Mystery School, and I'm with my teacher Elaine Khalila Dowdy. And when I work with her, she sets up these amazing temples to some um, divine archetype. So, some sort of like female divine archetype, like the goddess of love, or the lady of communion, or Kali. And so the whole room is like bathed in whatever symbols and colors and you really feel like you're walking into this like ancient opulent temple and it is so cool. So for me, you know what's inspiring is like is really like visual visual things. Sacred visual beauty is um just really gets me.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I I think that gets expressed in the way you set up the altars in the moon lodge. Oh, thanks. Yeah, just that that there's so much thought that goes into that and just the placement of things and the different colors and the different textures. And, um, it's clear to me that you're a very visual person, just given the way there's, and that you're a very sensual person. And I don't mean that like a sexual way, but just yeah. you're very tactile and sensual. And I think that, yeah, it comes across in the work you do. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so who are the people that you respect and admire and look up to?
1: Oh, such a great question.
2: Um, well, definitely my teacher Elaine Kalila
1: Doughty. Um, I really look up and respect her so much. Um, who else? I mean, everyone says this, but Oprah, man, she's a powerhouse of love. And it's so funny because everyone, everyone is like, I can't make a living talking about like love and hope and spirituality, and I'm never going to be successful at this weight. I'm like. Uh, Oprah, hello. Like she's not a skinny mini. She struggled with her weight. Like, she's just up there talking about love. She's a billionaire. You know? Um, and I just think that's so commendable. Um, other people that inspire me, you know, like anyone who's really just unabashedly being who they are and being so full out. So, like I really take a lot of my inspiration from Beyonce and Taylor Swift and Katy Perry, because when you when you watch their documentaries of them building you know their tours or something, they are just all in and they just give like every single um, piece of them. And you can just tell if there's if they, they don't seem to have any thoughts that go through their mind of I'm going to look like an idiot or what if they think I'm too much or is this too over the top? You know, do they think I'm showing off? That's obvious. That's not going through their head. And so I try to embody that as much as possible. And I also, um, I saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers in concert last year. Was it last year? Maybe it was two years ago. And, you know, they were a high school band. And I'm sure all their friends and mothers were like, guys, like, just go to school. Like, stop trying to make this music thing work. Like, put on a shirt. Like, stop getting so many tattoos. You guys are so weird. And they have such a unique sound. And now, I mean, look at them now. Like, thank God they didn't listen to anybody.
2: Right.
1: And it's just, and it's like, they all grew up together. It's just the cutest. And they're so weird. You know, I mean, they're just the weirdest people ever. And they're so talented. So I just think, um, I just love, I love people like that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the um, idea of letting your freak flag fly. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. Because that's what makes you interesting. Right, yeah. 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 yeah, I'm always interested in the weirdos in the room. Yeah, I know, do. <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh, what's your story? Who are you? Um, yeah, so what are some of your long-term goals? I know that you now have this retreat center. And so what are, what are some of the goals you want to achieve over the next couple of years in terms of, your work and your business and your reach? Oh, such a good question. Um,
1: you know, in many ways, I'm still like trying to figure that out. Like this, just being here was a big dream. And now I realize I need to, uh, you know, up-level again. So it's actually so good to talk about it. You know, I really want um, Hawthorne Farm, which is where I live. We have a 23-acre farm here in Medfield, and we have a separate retreat space that I call the Moon Lodge. I want this to be a place, I want it to be a spiritual center that women come to at least once a week, you know, that it's part of their practice to come and sit in circle. And we're creating a real community around this ancient practice of just of women being together and sitting together and sharing wisdom. Like I want it to be a touch point for women to come. So we're actually starting yoga classes, which I'm really excited about. So I would love to have yoga in there every morning. You know, just like one class every morning, full moon circles, new moon circles. You know, I dreamed about having guest teachers here who I'm really aligned with. Um, And then the big thing that I'm so, so excited about is um, in the summertime, um, this is going to start in summer 2019, I want to do a huge three-day retreat with 150 women who come in camp. Here on the land. And we'll do four, we'll break up into small groups and we'll do four or five different classes um, around like tending to each of our archetypes. So like our inner warrior, our inner wise woman or priestess, our inner seductress, sensual part of ourselves and, you know, our nurturer, motherer part. And to have women do ancient crafting and do bonfires and you know, sit in the grass and eat beautiful food and just be together. I'm, I'm most excited about that, um, that retreat. And I also want what we're doing here to become a lifestyle, you know, that women are used, can like tune into and use all over the world. So I dream about, you know, coffee table books, and programs, and I want to write a book called Backyard Magic, which is like how to bring more magic with your into your kids' lives.
2: Oh, cool! Um,
1: and so that this becomes like a real, like visual lifestyle for for people.
2: That's so exciting! Yeah, I'm
1: excited about it. Yeah,
2: I know. There's a couple of us that have already talked about where we're going to park our tents on your yard. <laughs>
1: awesome! <laughs> awesome! Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I mean, there's so many great spots.
2: Yeah, yeah. Jillian and I have already staked out our spaces. Oh my God, where's your space? (laughs) Down in that front field. That's a special place. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's so exciting. Yeah, I I love the idea of integrating magic into your kid's life because (laughs) I used to do a lot of woo-woo stuff with my son when he was little. And like every night we would light incense and set our intentions and kind of, you know, do some yoga stuff and and when he got to be about 12 he looked at me and he was like do we have to do this anymore <laughs> it broke my heart but um, at the same time it was completely developmentally appropriate and i had to just like let it go it will um, yeah. come back yeah i mean kids break your heart over and over again it just yeah you know that <laughs> know, it's only been like 3 years and i'm oh yeah yeah just they do that's their job um yeah. But uh, yeah, I just think even though he's sort of 21 and and in very many ways a typical 21 year old boy or young man, um, I can tell there's certain like parts of him that are still like still connected to all of that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, even though he's not sort of engaged in that ritual practice and stuff anymore, mm-hmm. I think it did have a positive impact on him and um his girlfriend is a total hippie so
1: that's awesome you know know. and I bet she's so
2: grateful he's like yeah we can light incense like I know about that stuff well it's (laughs) like to me yeah that to me is the biggest indication that it's sunk in it was like totally that's amazing I love that yeah I love that yeah she's great I really like her um so where do you want to be in two to three years? And what's something you want to challenge yourself to learn or do?
1: Yeah. So, um, I think my next frontier is with my children. So, um, starting this spring. So right now they're in daycare full-time five days a week. Cause I've just been hustling to get this new business off the ground, but I want, I want to have them home more and I want to not be so scared of being with them, you know, more like more time, um, because I just sort of gotten used to just being with them in the morning and at night, and then on the weekends. And I really have my whole own life, and I want to—I really want to experience what it's like to be more integrated with them before they start kindergarten. And I'm—I'm um, I'm excited about that, you know. And that's like really edgy for me. Like the business stuff comes really easily, but the motherhood piece um, I have to work at it a little bit more. So I'm really, I'm looking forward to doing that and really creating, creating days and a rhythm and, um, you know, really helping them. Like I need to have better boundaries and really working on that with them and all that stuff. So in the next two to three years, I really want to feel, um, like me and my kids are just like more like woven together.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's so awesome. Thanks. And I also want to just <clears throat> acknowledge that, that you are so open and vulnerable about your struggles with motherhood. And mm-hmm. I just so respect that because yes. yeah, I think we get these so much pressure to be the perfect mom, or mm-hmm. we're always supposed to love our kids. And they're tr- And like, of course we do. And yeah we're human and nobody, these kids don't come with an instruction manual. I know. Every kid is so different than the other one, you know, like, you know, just it. motherhood is such a challenge and such a journey. And I just really appreciate the fact that you're out there with the fact that, yeah, sometimes this really sucks and it's really hard sometimes. And I don't always love my kids. and. I mean, we always love them, but you know, you know, right now I'm having a really hard time with this. Um, I know it's hard.
1: It's hard. I mean, for me, like the only thing I can do is be honest because that's how people heal. if If we each think that we're the only one struggling, then we think that something's really wrong with us. Yeah. And so I just hope that if I can be real and someone else can see that somebody else is struggling with this stuff then they can just give themselves permission to be human, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so important. And I think um, you know, the fact that you're willing to kind of just put your own self on like the chopping block as no. it, were, cause, you know, when when we put ourselves out there that way, we're really kind of saying, Here I am and I know, you know you can open yourself up to a lot of criticism, especially yeah. around topics that are edgier or yeah. crunchier for people, like, you know, the the difficult side of motherhood, you know, yeah. and uh yeah. I just, uh, I just really applaud you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think it does give people permission to just be human.
1: Mm-hmm. You're Often that's all we really need. Is to yeah. just put ourselves
2: some slack, you yeah. know? <laughs> oh, come from, like, talking to me, talking to me. <laughs> I know. Right. I'm like, Oh, I'm not mirror. Yeah. Uh, that, I'm definitely a recovering perfectionist for sure. I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's a process, right? Yeah, I know.
1: It really is.
2: So what thoughts or lessons do you want to share with others um, who want to achieve their own goals and dreams? Mm.
1: Um, I just think it's so important to like really be brave in claiming what you want because What happens is that I think deep down, everyone actually really knows what they want, but they're afraid to say it because they think it's too big. And so they're like, oh, well, there must be a smaller dream in there somewhere. I haven't figured out my small dream yet, but I know what my big dream is. It's like, no, you don't have to tell anybody. At least write it down, at least put it on paper. And um, I have found that. When I'm so bold to actually claim my big, huge dream, it, um, I start to move in that direction and, and to go in, not out, you know, so often we're like, Oh, I like what she's doing. I like what she's doing and I want to do that. Or I like what he's doing. And I think it's so, so much better just to go in because you're for, you're for sure here for a reason. And it's very specific and it's very unique and we have to listen and we have to, and that means we have to be quiet. You know, we have to have space to be quiet and, um, this so important.
2: Yeah. yeah. Great. So what are some of your calls to action that you would like to give to people who are watching this? Such a good
1: question. Um, What are my calls to action? Well, if you're really interested in the emotional eating work, I have a really great guide that's called, I know what to do, but I'm just not doing it. So I would highly recommend reading that if you're someone who's struggling with emotional eating. Um, And I'll also give you guys a link to my like spirituality, earth-based spirituality 101 course. And beyond that in your own life, what I would really encourage you to do is create space to be quiet and to really ask your inner wisdom, who am I and why am I here? And sometimes that can come to us just by sitting and being quiet. Sometimes we have to sit and be quiet for like six months. Or sometimes we have to ask ourselves every morning in our journal, who am I and why am I here? And the whole point of being here is to figure that out and then to do whatever that is. That's really the old like that's just the meaning of life, I think. You know? Because that's what's most fun. When we get to be who we are, yeah. It's so fun. Yeah. So and hard too, but mostly fun. You know, at least the hardness is wrapped with joy. So those would be those would be my three.
2: Awesome. So are there any other thoughts you want to share with us before we say goodbye? Mm, Such a good question.
1: I would say this is also advice that I need to give to myself. Um, You know, really give yourself permission to slow down and to give it like 50% for a while, you know, (laughs) rest and be human and let go of things not being so perfect. And to really ask yourself, like, what's in alignment? Like what's actually in resonance with what I truly want, not what I think I should do or what I think other people want me to do.
2: Great. Yeah. Such good advice. Well, I wanna thank you for playing with me this morning. It's been oh, great to talk to you yeah. and talk to you more about your work in the world. And I'm really excited for everything that's unfolding for you. And oh, thank you so much. Yeah. And thank you thank for being you. such a contribution to the world. Oh, you're so welcome.
1: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It was so great to be here with you today.
2: Yeah. Great. Well, I will love, um, I'll keep you posted about when everything's going to unfold. Great. we can plan in advance. Awesome. All right. And in the awesome. meantime, I'll probably see you at one of your events. Great. Yeah. I'm doing a winter solstice gathering. Yay. So on the 21st. 21st. Excellent. Yeah. I'll be there. Great. I can't wait.
0: All right. See you soon. All right. Bye, Sarah. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Changemakers Playground today. I hope you're feeling as inspired as I am by the work that our change makers are doing. Stay tuned for future episodes. And remember, each one of us has the power to be a change maker.